You see, what is created cannot fulfill its destiny without the blessing. That's how powerful the blessing is. The blessing is called empowerment. The grace of God is in abundance. In order for God to show that he loves us, he put so much enough available for us. We're now dependent to so us. We are now the one that puts a limit or restriction on ourselves as to how much of the grace we enjoy. It's difficult for God to reveal a revelation or to put a revelation in your heart without giving you a grace or capacity to bear it. I want to continue the teaching quickly that we started, the series we started on Sunday, which I call The Wind. The wind is taken from John chapter 3, from verse 1 to 8, where it says that he that is born of the flesh is flesh, and he that is born of the spirit is spirit. And it says he that is born of the spirit is like a wind that blows. And that describes perfectly our supernatural heritage which I believe is a spiritual default setting. And then we need to examine it so that we can function effectively and efficiently in that light. So I, we started describing and um, we attempted to define it and we believe to an extent we've been able to throw a little bit of light on what it is to, to, to live supernaturally. So we, I call it the supernatural living introduction or introduction to supernatural living. Part one on Sunday, then today is part two, which we're going to conclude you know, within a short time. And we are going to take some questions. And so Sunday, last week, or this week, Sunday, I said supernatural living is a life of the spirit. That's number one, that is it originates from the Holy Spirit. Number two is that it's a life in the Spirit. It's not just of the Spirit, it's also the life that you live in the Spirit. So a supernatural life is not a life that starts in the Spirit or starts from the Spirit or that is of the Spirit and continue in the flesh. So it's a life in the Spirit, okay? That is with the consistent consciousness of the Spirit of God and then being spiritually sensitive. Number three, I said it's a life that gives expression or exhibits the fruit or gifts of the Holy Spirit. The fruit, you know, meaning the character and the nature of God, which is love. And then the gift, meaning the competence and special abilities. Every believer has special or has been given special abilities to function you know, in this life. Number four, I said is the supernatural living is a life that is contrary to religion or to a religious life. And I define religion as a devotion with an external rituals without inward connection or relationship with God. So you can be doing something day in, day out, even with commitment and discipline, routine, and not really know God and not be connected to him. Just like somebody can grow up in church and he doesn't know God. Uh, number five, I mean, that makes me remember the bishop that having served, you know, retired, and uh, when he was 80 years old, got born again. Praise God. Retired at 70 or 70 something, and when he was 80 years old, he now got born again. Praise God. So that means everything he was doing he was doing in the flesh. All right? Because if you are not born again, there's no entry into the supernatural. 
Number five, I said, is a life that is beyond scientific facts. So if there is a believer that is still living below or living under supervision of facts or scientific facts, is still not really functioning properly in the supernatural. Don't, you know, I didn't say it's a life that is contradictory to science or scientific path. Science is of God. It confirms the things of the spirit. It's just that as believers, we live beyond the fact. We live above fact. The fact can mean that you are really sick. And when you're talking to doctors, you tell the doctor the facts. And when you tell the doctor the fact, the fact that you are sick, but the truth says you are healed. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the difference. So a supernatural person works with the truth. But when you are before a scientific person or you are being interrogated or for diagnosis, you know, whatever prognosis and all that, and then you say, this is what is happening to me. That's according to facts. You might not even say, but the truth is I am healed by God's word before a doctor. Just tell the doctor what's wrong with you. So, but you know that, you know that this is the truth. That I am healed by his stripes. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's a spiritual person. And I said that beyond the scientific path, meaning that Acts said that God that sank, floated, which is against Archimedes' principle. The Virgin Mary got pregnant by the Spirit without, you know, a male semen. And then Elijah outran the Ahab chariots, which were the fastest, you know, in Israel at that time. Because the end of God came on him. And then the resurrection of Jesus, you know, to make the matter better, not worse now. Jesus resurrected and he now ascended, which is against the law of gravity. Praise God. You know, the dead don't rise. That's why you can't find your great-grandfather, your grandfather Tinam. No matter how you wish, they are gone. Amen? So Jesus rose from the dead and he ascended to heaven. So I want to continue number six now. And this is very important that everybody should listen well and meditate and let it sink into our spirit. The supernatural living is a life of grace and truth. It's a life of grace and truth. Now, don't forget the Bible says that, you know, John chapter 1 from verse 12. Let's, let's read from there. John chapter 1 from verse 12. Let's be very quick. The scripture says that as many that received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So according to this verse, we find out that you receive if you believe. Praise God. Somebody say, I'm a receiver? Because I'm a believer. So you are a receiver because you are what? A believer. So, but as many that has received him, to them he gave, keep the scripture there, thank you. To them he gave the power, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his holy name. Hmm. Now we'll get back, we'll get, we'll get to that, how to operate in the supernatural, we'll get to that. So, you know, go, go, go to verse 13, quickly. So he now describe those who believe in his holy name. I want you to take note. Who were born not of blood, so red blood cell, white blood cell, that's not what he's, called, he's talking about. It's not how BC, 
WBC, but we're born of JBC, Jesus blood cell. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the best way to put it. So it's nothing natural. So he said, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. So you know, either it's born of the flesh, is by the will of the flesh. But if you are born of the spirit and you are spirit, you are, it's done by the will of the spirit. It's the will of the spirit that Mary be conceived and delivered. You get what I'm saying? Not the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man, but of God. I mean, there's something I'm going to share. You know, that when we say somebody is born again, Jesus came to lay down the old pattern. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's why when you were born naturally, you were born with, by semens and ovary. But when it comes to being born again, you were born by the will of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit overshadow. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's how it happened. So you don't need to go back into your mother's womb like Nicodemus asked. Nor the will of man. So man did not have inputs into redemption. Jesus Finish the work of redemption. Are you getting what I'm saying? Man did not contribute anything. He said, but of who? But of God. And don't forget, we define God to be spirit. Do you remember? God is what? Spirit. So it's born of the spirit. Go to the next verse. So he continues to explain it. You know, verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. I mean, this is the explanation. Are you getting what I'm saying? The explanation of the original model pregnancy that determines or defines how every believer will be born again. The word became flesh. Those are what happened, no? That when you got born again, you had this flesh, but the word gave you a new life. Dwell among us and beheld his glory. So he was talking about Jesus Christ coming as the holy begotten of the Father, full of worth. So whenever you take the word of God, you take grace. Whenever you take the word of God, you get truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, now, one day I was, you know, I mean, you know, reading this play. I've read it many times. And that's why you shouldn't be tired of reading God's word. There are places that you read over and over again. It's fresh. So the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that, you know something? The amount of truth you know determines the abundance of grace that functions in your life. That when Bible says that, you know, full of grace and truth. So if you can romance the word, relate with the word, meditate the word, you receive the truth, you receive grace. And if God can reveal a revelation, he said it's difficult for God to reveal a revelation or to put a revelation in your heart without giving you a grace or capacity to bet it. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is unstoppable. For everything that God has revealed to you, there is an enablement or a measure of grace to bear faith. They're full of grace and truth. Yes, verse 15, quickly. Bible says, John bore witness of, this, of him and cried out. So he started using him for the word. Started using him, all right, for the grace and truth. And cried out, saying, no, the Bible says it's full of grace and truth, you know? Let me tell you something. If you look at a human being like this, you choke the man, you get blood. Abby? So Jesus shed his blood that he might create space for us to come inside. So the blood was a ransom. And you see, the blood that flow is the grace and what? Truth. So what it means is that to really know God is to know grace, to know truth and experience grace. Do you get what I'm saying? To really know God. 
So Bible says Jesus bore witness of him. This was he of whom I said, the who, he, he, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Yes? Verse 16. And of his fullness we have all received. How many of us have received? We have all received. Does that include you? You know, it includes you. We have all received, look at what it says, and grace for what? Grace. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. Yes, verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace through, grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. So that means grace and truth has come to replace the law. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, when they were under the law, they couldn't please God. They couldn't relate with God. They saw God and ran away from. Are you going to, they saw a resemblance of God, not even God. <laughs> and they ran away. They saw somebody who had a encounter with God and they ran away from the person. Do you understand? The countenance, they couldn't cope. Okay? So, God to them was not a father. God to them was not a counselor, was not a comforter, was, do you understand? Advocate, was not, do you get They saw God like an idol that you go and appease. But in the New Testament, when grace and truth are set in, you can walk boldly to the throne of grace. Are you getting what I'm saying? And ask for help and receive much more grace. So that's to say grace and truth came through Jesus. So when you receive Jesus Christ into your life, you receive grace and truth. That's why he says all of us have received grace and uh, truth. Grace for grace. And I believe the reason why I say grace for grace is that in Christ, there's so much abundance of grace that you can't exhaust it. So different levels of grace per time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Good. Now, you've, I mean, we are hard out here. When we were babies, we enjoy life at a level. But you see, the more you grow, the more you are conscious of life, and the more you seem to be in charge of life, the more you seem to enjoy life more. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Even though you can say, our kids, they don't know anything, they don't know anything about, you know, election, they don't know anything about, they're not getting hurt, they're not tribalistic, they don't send you, they're all those, you know, things that you are now aware of. The same way it is in the supernatural, huh? you'll be aware of principalities and powers, you know, but those who are babies in Christ, they are not really that aware of some of those things, are you getting what I'm saying? And the more you conquer them, the more you exercise your faith in the truth, the more you enjoy grace to take over more territories, the more you fulfill destinies and you enjoy life. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, but you see, it's tied with maturity and growth and development in Christ. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I've received grace and truth. I've received grace and truth. Let me give you. Let me tell you in simple terms what truth is. Truth is divine insight. The mind of God concerning a thing is called truth. It's not, there's nothing mysterious about the definition of truth. Truth is not what a man enters into a laboratory and started with, starts with a hypothesis, and tried to experiment, having specimen A, specimen B, specimen C, specimen 7, and he's trying to see what will come out of it. That's not truth. His truth is concluded. Amen? Amen? Truth is God's thoughts. Truth is God's statement. That's why the Bible says God is not a man that issue what? Lie. Experiment can lie. Facts can be false. Are you getting what I'm saying? Facts can be what? False. There are experiments. There was a time Charles Darwin was the big boy who said human beings are from mammals. Do you remember? 
heaps. And later on, some people just came and used their senses. That if human being came from here, why you say we started advancing and there's improvement, improvement, there's growth that leads to human being. So why did we stop? Why don't we continue to advance and our hands will now turn to three? Our legs will now turn to three or four, like vehicle. Are you getting what I'm saying? That means facts can change. Truths don't change. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why scripture, God operates by the truth. That's why the Bible says it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And forever. The truth in the Old Testament is still the truth now. And see, this truth, eh? let, me, let me not go too far. Divine insight is what the supernatural works with, not facts. Facts can confirm it, but you live in the realm of truth. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. Fact is what the economist will say. Like, for example, when the prophet said, by this time tomorrow, it's like somebody, let's, let's just put it in a contemporary way. By this time tomorrow, in Nigeria of March 2023, a car will be sold for 5,000 naira. The premium spirit known as fuel will be sold for five naira. Do you get what I'm saying? Whenever there is the prophetic, the prophetic is the truth. Because it is not subjected to human reasoning. This is God talking. It takes the supernatural to take it you don't even take it to assess it. You take it to think on it, meditate it, in order to adjust to the truth. You adjust to the truth, you don't adjust the truth. Oh, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, the truth says you are healed. The truth says you are born rich. You see, you see what, where, we, where most supernatural people suffer the most is when you are not living by the truth. And we're going to consider it. And it is that truth that attracts a measure of grace that functions in your life. So when you see somebody who is doing well in a course, they say, ah, but boy, I need grace. What they are saying is that he has assessed certain divine insights that has caused grace in that dimension to what? To flow. The grace of God is in abundance. God gave it, you know, it's called perishous grace. It's called extravagant promiscuous. In order for God to show that he loves us, he put so much enough available for us, but he's now dependent on us, all right? So we are now the one that put a limit or restriction on ourselves as to how much of the grace we enjoy. I don't know what I'm saying. Good. But to enjoy so much grace, you need to assess so much divine insight. So what then is Grace. I'll show you. This is divine insight. Okay, let me show you something. In the book of John chapter 1, no, no, John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. Let's read this together. If you're online, join us. Read it loud and clear. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Then Jesus says to those Jews who believed him, don't forget, believers are receivers, right? Yes. He says what? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples in this. So, which means that actually the ingredient for believing is the word. 
Faith cometh by what? Here, if you abide in what you have heard, that you believed. The word became flesh and full of the grace and truth. So what it means, you see, most times when we meditate, what we are trying to do is to make the word become flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? It can come as an illumination and not actually overwhelm you as light. It becomes flesh when you wake up and that's what you think of. It becomes flesh when it has become your imagination. You know, you don't have cobble in your account, but you already see yourself with briefcase attending international meetings with top business people on the earth. The word has started becoming flesh. You are yet to get the first deal. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is already, you have entered into a realm of what I call intoxication of the world. There are four different realms. Do you get what I'm saying? There is meek of the world. All right? There is meat of the world. There is bone of the world. There is wine of the world. Are you getting what I'm saying? Even if you are taking meek consistently, you'll be growing thereby. That's what the scripture says. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what the scripture says. Even if it is, you specialize in meek because of your level of growth, you will grow there. But I know there are babies in the spirit who just want to do wine. If you feed a baby with just 5% alcoholic drink, shots, do you understand? It will knock, the baby will be knocked out. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what is trying to happen. That's what is happening to most believers who are young. They don't have the capacity to receive the things that they like to hear. They just want deep things. They don't know those things are highly intoxicating. It's for people that have a little bit of meat and bone in their system to receive it and process it and not be knocked out. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there is intoxication side. There is intoxication level of God's word. That intoxication, there's nobody that can talk you out of it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Thousands might be falling here. And 10,000 here, you are not bothered. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't even see yourself as somebody who is poor. Even if you are walk, walking on the streets, you can't be intimidated by somebody else's materials. Even meat, meat. If I share revelation of meat to you, meat, not even bone now. Because once you move from meek to meat level of God's word, your mentality, your perspective about life begins to change. But in that intoxication, <laughs> The truth you hear at that level, they are very serious. You are hungry like this, and they tell you that you are beaten. That is just wrong signal you are getting in your flesh. <laughs> and you don't wonder, when did I eat? Because it's a truth that intoxicates. So as newborn babies desire... Don't, so you've desired it. Let's go to... Where were we reading before? Just give us where we were reading before. Quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you believe, you see what he says, he said, my word abide in you. If you abide in my word, you see, you are my disciples indeed. The word indeed means that in action. You are not just my dis disciple by words. Do you understand? The word transforms your behavior and we can see it in your action. So there are things that will not affect, you understand, affect you. 
that the general trendy things are not things that just easily, do you understand? Because you won't react because the thing determines your action. The best you can do is to keep quiet. Look at the next verse, verse 32. Verse 32. You know, because we are still in this human body, eh? one of the things that even when things annoy you, there is a control from within. There is like, it's like a hook that does not allow you to become loose and start talking anyhow. So verse 32 says that you know the truth and the truth make you free. You see that? You see, there's a level of freedom that came by the sacrifice of Jesus. But the more you begin to have access to divine insight, the more freedom you get. Do you know sometimes you need freedom from good things? You know, good things can enslave. You know, you know God's answers at a level can hinder you from entering another of his answers at a higher level. You know, success can be disadvantageous. If it's injuring you and blocking your orientation or blocking your mind from seeing greater things that God wants to do. You see that you conquered Jericho and the world now fell flat does not mean you tabernacle and stay at Jericho because that's not your final bus stop. You know, the, 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 where you are going to is Cana. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you are conquering all along does not mean that you start celebrating a resort to the point that you build a monument around it. So success is more dangerous than failure. Do you get that? So that's what the Bible says, that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. God doesn't just free you or deliver you from bad things. He delivers us from good things as well, good things of life. Because there are better things. And when you get into better, there are best things. Then it continues like that, better good things. Better, better things. Better, best so we are now saying that this is divine insight but for every freedom that you glean from the truth is grace that executes it let's see something about grace Titus chapter 2 verse 11 grace now therefore is divine as a divine divine ability divine Ability. Don't forget, truth is divine insight, right? Grace is divine ability with which you execute. It's divine ability with which you execute. There is a kink in the scripture. When a young prophet said, he stretched his head, he said, arrest him. You remember what happens to that hand? With that, right? Good. There is a grace of the king and there is a grace of the prophet. I want you to listen. No commoner or civilian or subject in that kingdom can just say, arrest him. The way that king spoke, he spoke based on the truth he knew about his throne, which should be executed 
by the grace that he knows that his throne commands. Do you understand? So we know that for kings, they can say, cut his head. Finish the city. Do you get what I'm saying? So he said, arrest him. That's at a level of grace. So I am warning people that are kings in the world system that came from the kingdom. Be careful of the prophets. Because grace can deal with grace. <laughs> grace can disgrace grace. Somebody says so now. That's the truth. So don't think I also have grace, true. For Bible says we have all received grace for uh, people who have it in different measures. And you get what I'm saying? Which is based on the amount of truth that we have received from God. Even though it's made available for all men. That's why five folds are not believers made. Believers are humans transformed, reborn again, filled with the Spirit. Fivefold are gifts, human gifts, sent to go and equip them. If somebody has been sent to teach you, to equip you, you are not made with the person. So let's be careful. Honor the fivefold, and the fivefold too shouldn't demand worship from people. They should do the work they have been sent to do. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to how many men? Amen. This is Christ's work. Basically, the grace has appeared to all men. Yes, next verse. And the Bible says, what does the grace do? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So the grace teaches, the grace empowers, the grace enables to deny ungodliness. You see, you can know ungodliness. Do you know that it's not everybody that... It, everybody knows ungodliness, but it's not everybody that can deny. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh -huh. That's why scripture says that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. The power is the grace. They don't have the substance to actually live righteously. They claim to, is this, uh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but they still act against that statement because they are yet to know a measure of, a level of divine insight, have a level of divine insight before they can step into what has been made available for them to stop living unrighteously. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. If you look at how you stopped sinning or how you broke away from an addiction, how you got saved, how you got free from certain things and all that, you will realize that there was no personal input. Go and check it. Go back and check it. Because people think that, you see, I believe, I confess, I believe, I confess, like I also have my own personal work there. Do you get that? That is why when you stop those things, you are forgotten that you, you used to smoke. Probably you take like 10 cigarettes, 10 sticks per day, I mean, one pack. I don't know how many is in the pack. Probably if you smoke before, you can tell us. Now, but you see, let's say, like, you have 10 in a pack, and then you used to do one pack per day. Once you put it like this, it will finish that day. So the malams, they know you. But a time comes when you confess that word, the truth you know becomes, when you are confessing, what happens to you is that you are the one transformed. The grace to stop has always been there. But you are the truth so that you can transform. The light dawns on you more, and the more the light and the truth enters your system, divine insight, 
the more the grace begins to work on your life, and you will not know when you'll be walking past the malam. The malam has not changed its location. The cigarette is not scarce in the city. But you now, walking past, your consciousness is, has shifted. The same thing happens to poverty. You suddenly realize that there is a place you used to hit because of the level of income you have. You just know. Ah, that I used to hit here. But your level has now what? Changed. Number eight, or number seven, right? Supernatural living, so when I say it's a life of grace and truth, what I'm saying is a life of divine ability and divine insight. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you are living outside that, it's not a life of supernatural. Number seven is a life of the blessings. When I say the blessing is a life of peace, prosperity, success, victory, and whatever you can think of in every area of our life, maritally, career-wise, business-wise, financially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, etc. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Bible says, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. And we all, we all know that we have this. Everybody has it. I hope you know that. So it takes divine insight to see what has been made available, and then you translate them into earthly places. Because you don't need these things in heavenly places. You need them in what? Earthly places. And there is no life that cannot transform Please, testimonies. <laughs> testimonies of people are crazy. Somebody who had no sponsor, now building an aviation, one of the most sophisticated aviation industry, aviation company, the first in the country, where airlines can come and be taken care of mechanically. You understand? You understand what? that there was no bicycle in their lineage. So that's, that's, that's how much somebody's life can so transform from poverty, from making other people rich. Verse 4, let's see what it says. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, in love. You can read the rest because that's core new creation realities. That is where the blessing is domiciled. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord, he makes rich and he has no sorrow. So it's the life of the blessing. Abraham was blessed. Jacob was blessed. Isaac was blessed. Jesus came as the one that has been blessing people. Praise God. And if you look at the life Jesus Christ lived, it shows in all everything. Career-wise, you know he was a good carpenter. I mean, the word carpenter means project manager. You know, if you gave, if, he, if, if God gave, you know, before Abraham was, Jesus is, that's how he put it. He said, before Abraham, I am. Is that not what he said? So it means that, you know, when he came to be doing carpentry, he, he was the one that gave Noah the exact dimension. You know how many years Noah built the ark? One what? It's one thirty. Yes, but well, you tried. It's just some people think it's 13 years. It's one thirty. You know that things that we read about in the scripture, we just, just, 
How can, Bible says, for it has not rained on the earth. How can God be telling you things that have not happened and you, it's taking one thirty years? Some people will mock you. They will even die. You are still there. You don't even know whether you will, you will be able to see the completion of the project. You know God is so powerful. How can somebody do a project for one thirty years? And your company is taking some time to, to fully emerge or evolve, and then you're already not... You're, you're, you start a company, and two, three, four years after, you are still... Do you get what I'm saying? You see, when we romance the scripture, we have a better perspective. As a God of process. It's a God of process. So you can imagine, the act to perfection, cubit everything, Accurate because God knows that flood will come in different angles. If one door was taken away by flood, you know that's the end of the ark. Perfection. Perfection. No wonder when he came, because they knew Joseph, you know they knew Joseph as a good carpenter. He was a, you know Joseph was a popular carpenter? Yes, sir. He was the one. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. So when we're talking about the blessing, we're not just talking about the consequence of your business, the profits. We're not just talking about the materials. We're even including the sense, the sense of professionalism and excellence that goes into your work. Do you get what I'm saying? If Jesus was a graphic artist, he would have been the best in town. That's what we're saying. Because he was the best carpenter, in town. Do you know that at that, it was not limited to carpentry in his scope and sense? Because it was, if it was limited to carpentry, you know, boats were formed by, you know, boats were put together by, by wood, Abby? Uh, with by carpenters or something, those who carve or whatever. And then there were times that he would tell them to go ahead, they would go on boats and he would come and walk on water. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are people who are so, that's why you have to be careful with salary, can hinder you from prosperity. There are people who are so used to what God has started doing in their life or professionally what God has opened up for them as a skill and they got so limited by those things, they call skill and professionalism. But being a supernatural person, God still wants you to think beyond that. And do you understand what I'm saying? And do beyond that. And there are forces that don't respect your professionalism. It was in that one of those boats when storm started. Are you getting what I'm saying? And the, both the fishermen and the carpenter and everybody was being bombarded by the by storm. But yet he was sleeping. So the storm may want to carry your career and your business all together, including your HR and those who consult for your company. Are you getting what I'm saying? Who knows better about storm? But it's supernatural substance at that moment that can sustain. Peace be still. Are you guess what I'm saying? The blessing. The blessing is beyond money. It's beyond 
um, um, it's beyond materials. Even the process of generating the money is more important than the money. It's not about the profits. It's what you know, that when all the money is taken away from you, you can always reproduce it. Are you guessing what I'm saying? That you came with a bag, like Jacob, went into Laban's house to serve, and by the time you are leaving, you live with all the wealth of Laban. But you came with a, with a small bag. There are people who have testimonies that, you know, I come to Lagos with palm slippers. There's a man that came from the east. He said he jumped on a bus like a story. You know, those airlines that, that he just jumped. That people that he just jumped like a small boy. And he came to Lagos. He's a multi-millionaire. He just did life. See, I cannot remain here. Probably has been hearing about. Do you know the, the way people, some people also go travel anyhow. They don't know anywhere. They say Estonia, you know, find themselves in Equatorial Guinea, from there connect to another country, just connect, 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 connect. They, they were so fortunate that they do not die. But now the story has changed. So when they come and tell stories to people, they say, ah, me too, I cannot stay here. I'm leaving my village. <laughs> Whichever way it's and those ones may not survive. Praise God. Uh-huh. That's the covenant lady. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and it has no what? Sorrow. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Whenever God creates a thing, he blesses it. The blessing is, multi, is much more important than what is it what is created cannot fulfill its destiny without the blessing. That's how powerful the blessing is. The blessing is called empowerment. Empowerment. You see, success itself cannot be generated unless there is an empowerment that produces it. That's why it says you will make your way prosperous and you will have good. What will make you do that is the blessing. It's a blessing that is functioning in your life. Number eight. The supernatural life is a life, so that when I say it's the life of the blessing, it means that you can't put a blessed person. So that means a blessed person is a supernatural place. You can't put a blessed person in an exam hall and he won't know what to write. That's what we're saying. All right? The blessing will have showed him how to go about preparation for the exam. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you see somebody who finds himself in the exam hall, he doesn't know what to write, and he has not forgotten, not that he forgot the answer. You know, there are people that we get into the exam hall, they don't forget, they don't even have a clue at all, and they're not asking for mercy. That one is different. I'm talking about people who enter the exam hall and they know what to do. It is the blessing that makes you know what to do when others are confused. The blessing. Everybody learned the skill, but there's a way your own is sharpened. You know beyond what you are taught in class. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because it's a life of the blessed that make impact. Number seven. Number eight. A supernatural living is a life from above. Is the heavenly life on the earth. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 44 to 48. I need to start rounding up. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 44 to 48. So you must, Bible says, you know, Jesus Christ says, he that came from above is what? Above all. Who was he talking about? Himself. 
Do you know he said that nobody has ever come up? Eh? Do you know he said that? That nobody has ever come up? I came from there now. If people have come, I will ask we will know. We're the one that, that's where we live. Praise God. So do you know that that's, 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 that sometimes surprised me. Where was, where, where, so where has Enoch be? You know, Enoch was taken. He walked with God and he was taken away. He was no more. Praise God. So where has, where has, where has um, Elijah been? So he came from above, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. <laughs> Sometimes you can, the tenses of the scripture can be confusing. Can you see that? Look at that scripture. No one has ascended to heaven, so which means Enoch had not got into heaven. Elijah. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there is a place they are prepared for heaven. Look at it, he says, that is the son, he said, and then he said, but he who came down from heaven. That is the son of man who is where? What's the correct sense for that? Was he where? So God is telling us that even though you are on earth, you are also seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? I came from there, but I have not left the place. So that's why he says that he that came from above is above. Oh, so it's now showing us that I've come to connect you with above. So let's look at 1 John chapter 15, verse 44. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised in a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And I want you to pay attention to this. It's very important. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. Yes. However, the spiritual is not first, but the what? Natural. And afterwards, the spiritual. So what does he say here? You were born naturally before you were born spiritually. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So the first man came from the earth, so he fell. But the one from heaven is the Lord from heaven. As was a, the man of the dust, so also uh, those who are, of, are made of the what? So the, the, he that is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. This is what he's talking about. He said, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are what? So what he's saying is that I am the perfect model for the second dimension of creation. That is, all creations were made naturally. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I've come to create a supernatural pattern. And that supernatural pattern is heavenly. Somebody say, I'm heavenly. Good. So that's what I was trying to say on Sunday, that even though you were born naturally, you were earthly, you are no more earthly, you are no more a man of the dust. You get what I'm saying? You are no more a man of the dust. That's why in some prayer meetings, some people will say, touch the ground and prophesy, and command the ground. Do you get what I'm saying? The ground no longer has a choice than to yield to you. 
So no man can use the grant now and say, I'm signing on the grant. I'm using it to cost you. Oh. They, you are not of the... Uh, you used to be of the grant, but you have switched to being heavenly. So if you can cause heaven, then you can go ahead. Uh. So look at it, say, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are what? Heavenly. Now, I want you to understand this. So, there are things that you shouldn't think that you can assess. The scripture says that when he, was, when, he, when he died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him. When he, was, when he raised, was raised from the dead, we were raised with him. And now he ascended. That means we ascended with him and we were seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places. The Bible says you are blessed in heavenly places. So it means that you are supposed to be, you know, reigning from heaven to the earth. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, as it is in heaven. How did, how did he put it? As it is in heaven? Let your will be done on earth. Now, you see, what you are supposed to know is that what God authorizes on earth, it is what he has concluded in heaven. But because you are a member, you are a citizen of heaven already, you are not waiting to die to enter heaven. You started living there. Else, it will be difficult to introduce you to heaven after you have died. There must be a level of closeness and rapport with God that God opens your eyes. I'm not saying you go to heaven and you're not coming and say, ah, there are green flowers. No. The gold. Ah, gold, plenty. Ah, we're suffering here. Ah, I need to commit suicide. No. So that you can go to where you saw. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking in terms of having a better understanding that this is not your home. You are reigning from home. So in that realm of the spirit, God shows you things. God shows you plenty eyes. That if somebody is blind on earth, it's because they can't see spiritually. There are so many spare eyes. Do you get what I'm saying? God shows you things by the spirit. That you're going to say there's one big chair. Ah, that chair is so big. That is about 1,000 angels that carried it. <laughs> you know, people say all kinds of funny, funny things. Abide. I'm not saying God can't show you funny things. <laughs> but <laughs> don't you too don't desire to see funny things. Just abide by the word. Whatever God reveals to you from the world are things that are attached to your life from heavenly places. Are you getting what I'm saying? Blessed with in heavenly places. Somebody say, I'm heavenly. So you are heavenly. This is the reason why you are not struggling to go to heaven. I know, I know that people just, you know, if it's by dragging, if it's for me to be a gatekeeper in heaven, let me just, I know it's actually better to be a gatekeeper in heaven than to be a king in hell. Praise God. So, but then, it's, it's still subjected to our, who tells you that human beings are the gatekeeper in heaven? Then the ones that are gatekeeper in heaven, are you sure? No, wait, sir. What are they? Are they trying to protect heaven? You, you know, sometimes we just... We just <laughs> it wants to be a bookie in heaven. <laughs> I 
We try to use, there's nothing wrong in trying to use natural things to interpret. But you see, you have to abide by the word. Let the Bible interpret itself. Praise God. <laughs> May God in heaven. Some of those things sometimes can be very funny. We are heavenly. Somebody say, I'm heavenly. And that is why if you are conscious of heaven, you are conscious of heaven, you are conscious. You know, Paul, he got to a point. God revealed heaven to him, you know, toward heaven and all that. He said, ah, that I heard some words that he is not qualified to hotter on the earth. The way they speak there is too, is, 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 he doesn't, tenses don't apply. Yes. Tenses don't apply. They talk like things have happened. That's what Bible. That's why God tried to teach us certain level of faith, so that we can resonate with heaven. Do you understand that things are not just going to be carried out; they've been carried out. Okay. That you can't communicate like that on earth. People will think what's wrong with you. Paul wrote it, and he concluded and said, "Well, I would like to be with you guys, but." <laughs> That is a, it's a very good place. And he says to, to die, to live is what? To live is Christ. To die is what? Not that he's afraid to die. A truly spiritual person sees where he's going before he begins the journey. Not that after a brief illness, our dear beloved father, grandfather, great-grandfather, brother, child. Do you understand? After a brief illness. I've heard about men of the spirit, men of the spirit that call family together, and they didn't know why, and he told them it's time for, and he was not sick. He was not, he just said it's time for him to go. Praise God. Not that somebody just there say, ah, so I've died. No, there's nothing like that. So I've died. How? <laughs> you just find himself in between the firmament and say, ah. <laughs> you know, when you are in the flight, in the plane, you are in between water now. Water, you know, like, they say, ah. you see that in movies a lot. So, ah. And it's time to do like this to check whether it's still on head or, you get what I'm saying? No. See, a believer, you see, like, some people say, let, let me see Christ before I die. Something like that. You know how you're going. You know that it's time. I watched that movie called Enoch. I saw parking Naomi when I was going to die. People were praying that he should not die. <laughs> he said they should go and tell them that God has answered their prayer. To die is gain. To be here is Christ. See, the truth, you should get deeper in divine insight. There are certain cries you will not cry. There are certain tears you will not shed. Not shed some tears. Because you know this person is just temporarily away. He has gone to rest. 
I've got three or four members of my, my grandmother led her to Christ before she died. My father relates to Christ before he died. One auntie was sick and they had to come home, went to be with my, my, my dad, when my dad was still alive, stayed with them. I just went to pray for her. As I was traveling back, I got to Junction. The Holy Spirit said I should go back and lead her to Christ. I went back and led her to Christ. I got back to Lagos. I think it wasn't up to 24 hours. I heard she had died. For all the three of them and maybe four of them that have led to Christ, when I am being led to lead you to Christ, <laughs> especially when you're on the sick bed, when I'm being led, immediately I am led. My, my tears already drop in the spirit. Because before people have an idea, I've seen what is going to happen. Number nine. Somebody say, I'm heavenly. Supernatural life is the life of constant victory over sin, self, Satan, word, and evil, etc. It's the life of constant victory. Let me tell you, sin will want to overthrow you. Self will want to fight the spirit. The Bible says that walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the laws of the flesh. He said, for flesh always lost against the spirit. Satan will always want to softly want to deceive you. Evil. This world is full of evil. Perversions. Constant victory over the world, over the loss of the flesh, loss of the eyes, and pride of... Most of the time, believers keep mute when devil suggests things to their hearts. You see, how sin starts is by seed. Do you understand? Sin has a long process before it can materialize. You don't just wake up one day and steal in your office. Devil have been introducing it to your thoughts. When you see somebody on Instagram, he's earning 400,000 naira per month, and he's driving a vehicle that is worth 120 million. You can't explain his wealth. You say, this must be God. And before you know it, devil start telling you that it's a miracle that you had two, three zeros. You are made forever. When are you going to make 1.5 billion in your life? 1.5 billion. Calculate your salary for 30 years. Do you get what I'm saying? And that thought continues to linger and continue to, do you understand? In your heart, you don't know. He has brought you into meditation. Before you know it, the world will become flesh. The day you sign an altar, that is the day the action is executed. In the book of James, it talks about how lust comes up and becomes action. First John 4, 4, little children, ye are of God, for greater is he that you have overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcome the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Can you give us that scripture? Having disarmed, look at verse 14. I want you to see this. Look at verse 13. Let's, he's talking about Christ. Have you been dead in your trespasses and the circumcision of your flesh? He has made alive. This is Colossians 2, 13 now. And you, somebody say me, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made a life together with Christ, having forgiven you 
all your trespasses. Look at that. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us, which was contrary to us, that is working against us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So you are not supposed to be guilty. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's one of the things they will try to do. Remind you of your past, wants to connect you to the past so that you will not be able to go into the future that God has provided for you. Look at what he now says. He said, having disarmed principalities and power. The word disarmed is big. They have now become weak. They are without armor. They are without power. Principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Give us the message. Let's read the message from verse, maybe from verse 14. So you have an idea that Christ did this to you, forgave you, and all that. The message. If you have the message. When you were stuck in your sin, in your sin yes, quickly. Dead life. You were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins are forgiven. Yes? The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. Yes? He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the to the streets. You're supposed to be walking in that victory. Do you understand? Continue to mark them naked. If you believe that, can you say amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. He said, Christ leads us always, causes us always to triumph. You know, this is, it has to be a constant victory. Don't believe in, well, I can be defeated small, and then later on, I overcome. Are you guess what I'm saying? There are people who believe that, well, the life world is, you know, bad and good, bad and good, you know. And then there are people that will say ups and downs, ups and down is life. That's, that's wrong. Do you understand? Ups and downs, do you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh, it's life. Look at it. He said, now thanks be to God who always, somebody say always, always. leads us in triumph in Christ. Look at that. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So what he's saying is that you cannot always be triumphant without God's knowledge. And when you triumph, it adds to the knowledge. And you see, when you are victorious, there is a, an experiential knowledge that you have gained. Before you are victorious, God tells you, assures you with light, divine insight. Now that you have, for every testimony, there's an experiential knowledge, a know-how. Do you get? And then we don't share that in the testimony. We just share what happened. But that knowledge is seriously personal to you because you have now experienced it. So, you know, in combating the future issue, you still need that knowledge. But you see, meditating and thanking God will lead to the addition of that knowledge in order to conquer the future. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's why it says, causes his knowledge. To... Look at the next verse. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who have been saved and among those who are... So you see what he's saying now. That to unbelievers and believers, there's something about you 
with your testimony and the experiential knowledge you have had. You can share a testimony and people see your life is moving and people come for counsel normally. And so behind the pulpit, behind the scene, behind the public, you can share deeper that look, oh, there was a time God told me, he said, you see, believe me, fast three days and don't eat anything. God told me, fast. And he told me, gave me a scripture, I was confessing the scripture, I was declaring the scripture, whereas when you came, you just say, ah, this was difficult. And I believe God. I see, I kept on believing God, and then I broke through. Do you get what I'm saying? That's all you said. But you see, because people see that consistency in your life, there are people that now make you mentor because they want you to share detail or share more if you can share detail. So it's from there they will pick. And they are not supposed to copy three days fasting and prayer. They are supposed to know that God told you. Are you getting what I'm saying? They are supposed to know that. So this thing requires fasting and prayer that is like this. Marathon. And this man is a lawyer. That's why I pity pastors who are always drinking, eating, whining, and dining. Lawyers, engineers, businessmen, farmers, they face more evil than pastors. So you are playing in the dark world. So you should know. It's not pastors that should fast. Believers are meant to fast, pray. In season and out of. <laughs> so God causes us to always. The last one is the life of obedience to God. And I say it's a life of obedience to God absolutely. Absolutely. You see, the absoluteness there means that you obey promptly without delay. And you obey completely. Half obedience is worse than disobedience. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Half obedience is worse than what? See, yeah. what killed and destroyed the kingdom of Saul? You know it's half obedience. So destroy everything. You kept the king and kept robust animal. And he was now trying to justify himself. Look, don't try to justify, especially when God has cornered you. Hmm? When, you are, when you are being corrected and you know that you goofed. Do you get what I'm saying? Just say, Lord, have mercy. It's, it's as simple as, do you get? So later in your meditation, you can now be looking at where did I get this? Because you can be sincere for once to yourself. Be sincere for once with yourself. I hope that is clear. You know, if I said Samuel, I'm sorry. Game over. That's the end. He said, but you see, all this, Samuel had to discover himself because he was hearing sound of the beating of animals and all. He said, ah, are these not the things we said you should destroy? He said, no, I brought those robust animals so I can sacrifice to your God who sent you a message. You see, there are people who corner, who dubiously acquire certain things they are not supposed to acquire because they want to sow seed. Eh? Well, we thank God in this ministry because you don't earn respect by what you give. Hmm? <laughs> there is no special seat for you. Even if you are the one that bought your chairs. You can even be the usher standing. 
<laughs> Praise God. Thank you. So you get what I'm saying. There is nothing, you see, it's, it's something that comes from brokenness. And you don't give because you want to get a word. You don't even know who is giving what. You don't know what or what anybody is giving. That is the truth. A lot of us are the same. And there's no minister in this ministry that relate with people based on what they give. There's a special meeting, and then we're having one uh, tea party, tea party, uh, inner caucus, all those things. Forget, if you do partners meeting, partners conference, it's for all partners. The ones that give one naira are the ones that give one billion. Are you getting what I'm saying? That Jesus did not do partners party, forget it, he did it. He met with people who always accommodate him in different cities. He was in their house, they cook. They were organized. Do you get what I'm saying? Is that their names were recorded for a reason. So that I talk like this does not gratify or glorify your religious sense. That after all, the right hand must not know what the left hand is. Uh, do you understand? Uh, where's your right hand? Where's your left hand? You are the one showing your left hand what your right hand is. We are not the one. You are the one showing it. It's your personal. Do you get what I'm saying? All throughout the scriptures, people know what people gave. People even know what people gave. Because Jesus was checking everything. The life of obedience is very, it's very powerful. There is no faith without obedience. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are not walking in faith if you are disobedient. You know what removed the sins? Lord, I'm sorry. Not your giving. You have to understand that giving is worship. Giving is for worship. It's to glorify God. That is why it is the heart that God look at. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not is the volume. Not the volume. I was the one that said that it's men that look at the volume. When people record partnership, they record the volume. When you want to give award, they give awards to the volume. If you give award to somebody that give the highest, top 10, top 5, top whatever, in heaven, God might be giving award. According to the scripture, God give awards to those who give all. You know, according to the scripture, the widows that gave two mites, is that not two coins? Is that not what? Do you understand? They give all. Somebody has 2,000, he gave all the 2,000. Somebody has 1 billion, he came and gave 550 million. God says, What is. Uh, when the guy said, I've obeyed since my youth, he said, Go and, go and sell all that you have and give it out. For you to know giving is the greatest, it's one of the greatest tests of the scripture. Huh? And people disobey the most when they refuse to give. <laughs> it is that test. You see, Carrie Bell, go and announce me early in the morning at King's Market is easier than you say, all your salary in 2023, you are giving it to me. You can't even receive such word. Your mind is not, has not been well molded to that. To that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Somebody is still struggling with giving. He now marries somebody who is stingy. That's a marriage, that's a marriage in disobedience. Praise God. Praise the Lord. As much as I believe that couples should carry each other along when it comes to giving, 
there are certain prophetic something happens to Pastor Bishop Francis Wiley. Okay. Bishop Oedepo came. Bishop Oedepo came. See, don't think breakthrough will just happen. What they got as offering or what Don Shiloh or offering in Winners Chapel Water. I was told it's more than what they got in all their branches combined, woman abroad. Don't joke with sacrifice. Now they say that, uh, what are you talking about? When they start counting money, she loves sacrifice from January, from after she loves in December to April. Yes, you can't. I was in Abuja, I spoke with one of my friends who is a friend to one of his sons. He said, What are you saying? He said, The hack, 120 something, 50 something. Uh, he's actually, what they say is 100,000 plus. But it's 150 something thousand plus because the basement can take this, you know, extension. Then it's connected to the whole auditorium with 50,000 capacity. So 200,000 people can worship once. Covenant conscience. That is where obedience is tested the most. Abraham was supernatural when he was told, take your only son, your only. God was very specific. Ah, God knows how to be specific. When it comes to things that can break you, knows how to be specific. He said, that's your wristwatch. That your, that, I was in a meeting. I was dancing like this. This wristwatch was shining. I like it. It was a spiritual meeting. He said, that man, that man, that whenever anybody is crying in this meeting, go and, that same man, is, go and give him this wristwatch. I thought it like this. Obedience is not easy. Obedience is not easy. You know, somebody has been told to give and then he's struggling with it after all. <laughs> there's no giving stuff in church and blah, blah. He was just told to give on Wednesday and by Sunday, giving was announced. Ah. He knew it is the confirmation. Ah. He said, God. I don't think this one is for me. Ah. He said. Fridge in the bus. Is then he now starts analyzing the faces in the bus. He starts analyzing the faces. Yeah, he said, this, this is a babe. Ah. And he's having bears looking like bubble. Ah, how can this girl be thinking I'm ah? Preach in the bus. Because your preaching activates angels that will also go and announce you on your behalf. There are things that are connected directly to obedience. Serve. Increase your service more this year. I'm already gathering my message for couples. They say, can you come, please? Is that not? I think I want to do something, please. Those who are in the, those who are in the relationship, please. One of the things I want to tell the couples is like God is telling me to go and blast them. You were effective when you were single. Now, because of marriage, you have become cold. God is he's shaking his mouth. He wants to spew you out. If you care, it's not it. You have become, you have become coach. And that's why those who want to get married now, they are married. marriages, uh, May 11, is a very important, <laughs> two couples in this church, um, April 20... 
<laughs> because some of you expect me to cram it. <laughs> I'm not the one getting married, praise God. <laughs> I'm not the one getting married. You are, you are very important to my heart, but I have so many numbers in my head. Praise God. <laughs> now, 21. Then there is June. I think there is June. And then there is uh, October. There is, uh, so that those days like that, if you, are, if you are single, pick yours. Praise God. But my instruction is this. Have you been obeying God as a single person? And if you have been obeying God as a single person, settle it now before you get into marriage. This is no go area that I fast twice a week, regardless of your delicacies. Your delicacies won't send me to hell. God first. Are you getting what I'm saying? God first. There is no amount of love that I have for you. If it's not standing on the love that I have for God, it is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Settle it now. I'm a giver. Do you give? Do you give your tithes? Let's settle it now. Do you give offering? How much do you give? It, it, listen to me now. I give. If I give your car without your awareness, how will you feel? <laughs> I feel all right. Please settle a lot of things. Do you understand? How many plates of food do you eat? See, talk about... I don't want to tell. There are people who are looking like they fast a lot in this church. <laughs> let's, 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 leave it let's leave the matter. A life of obedience is a life of the supernatural. Get out of your father's house. If Abraham did not get out, he won't be fathers of faith now. I hope you understand what I'm saying. He won't be fathers of faith now. He won't. Take your son, your only begotten son. Go and sacrifice. What you have. It looks like you have been laboring on a business and a blue on the 25th year. You receive a word. It, will not, it did not come to pass on the 25th year. And God says, leave the old ministry. Go and start another one. Appoint that guy as your successor. You get attached to the ministry. You are finished. Attached to the ministry. You are finished. You die, when you die like this, the work of obedience is the only thing that follows you. That's the truth. Purpose is obeying God's word. There's no fulfillment of purpose without obedience. Let me tell you the key thing. When you are living supernaturally, you are living a life of obedience. A prophet was told to go and marry a lot. Do you remember in the scripture? Uh, it's obedience. There's no... Heat, kill, arise, eat. Uh, kill and hit. Do you remember? He said, these are unclean. And there are things that will appear to you like unclean. Once you hear the instruction, you confirm it's from God. Kill and hit. Even though it appears like it's unclean to you. He was so proud as a Jewish believer. Do an apostle. No, I won't hit what is unclean. Who born you? We're the one that made you born again. We say you should eat. We say you, eat. We say you shouldn't eat unclean things before. Now we have changed the What's your problem? And before you know it, the unclean thing means that go to the Gentiles and impart them with the Holy Spirit. Can you see the way the man's heart can be so structured against obedience? It is religious for you to disobey God. It's religious. Run with instruction. And it is all texted on how you carry the words of spiritual authority in your life. Run with instruction. Execute instruction promptly. 
Health is confirmed that you can execute that of God promptly, if you hear him. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We bless your holy name. We ask that you let your word not just function in our, let it be deeply seated. Occupy our hearts. Become flesh. Help us to execute it. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen.